time for Spiritual Awakening Radio. Today's program is program number 609 in the chsrhealthylife.net series. Today's program is The Yoga of Light, an introduction to inner light meditation and mysticism. Kabir once said, The light of one soul is equal to that of sixteen suns. And this is from the Anurag Sagar, a great scripture from India in the tradition of Kabir. Just as the lotus blooms after getting the light of the sun, in the same way the sufferings of the souls from ages and ages are finished after gaining a vision of the Supreme Being, the Eternal Sat Purush. The famous René Descartes once said of the third eye, the seat of the soul, the soul has its principal seat in the small gland located in the middle of the brain. The following is from Hazur Baba Sawan Singh. In the center, behind and above the eyes, there is an aperture. On this side of it is the material world in which we are living, and on the other side is the astral world. This is a saying of Jesus preserved in Matthew 6.22. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. This is from Kripal Singh. The inner light does not come and go. It is always there within. It appears only when we are attuned and concentrated, and disappears as soon as there is the slightest dispersion. The light will not vanish if you just keep your inner gaze constantly fixed. On the contemplative eye of the soul, this is from a fragment of Hermetica, ancient Egyptian texts attributed to Hermes Trismegistus. This is the Sir Walter Scott translation of Hermetica, the Corpus Hermeticum. On the third eye, the contemplative eye of the soul that can behold the divine light. If anyone has an incorporeal eye, let them go forth from the body to behold the beautiful. Let them fly up and float aloft, not seeking to see shape or color, but rather that by which these things are made, that which is quiet and calm, stable and changeless, that which is one, that which issues forth from itself and is contained in itself, that which is like nothing but itself. This is from Swami Sri Bhagarath Baba on this process of gazing within in order to see the divine. He says, while gazing into the darkness that one sees with eyes closed, one should mentally repeat the Guru-instructed mantra, the sacred names that are revealed to you at the time of initiation by your spiritual master. One who crosses this layer of darkness through a special kind of meditation 
sees the inner light within oneself. This inner light is called Atma Alok, the light of the self, or Brahma Prakash, divine light. On achieving this, the third eye opens completely. Once again, from the Corpus Hermeticum of Egypt, from Tractate 7, my favorite book of the Corpus Hermeticum, the greatest human evil is unacquaintance with God. On the contemplative eye of the soul, the third eye. This is a kind of gospel of the Corpus Hermeticum, an appeal to the masses to take a higher road. People, where are you rushing? So intoxicated and having so fully drunk the strong wine of reasoning. The strong wine of reasoning, unaccompanied by acquaintance. You cannot hold it. Already you have thrown it up. Stop. Get sober. Look up with the eyes of the mind, the eyes of the soul. And if you cannot all do so, at least those of you who can. For the imperfection that comes from unacquaintance is flooding the entire earth, corrupting the soul along with the body that encloses it, and preventing it from putting in at the haven of safety. So do not all be swept away by the main current. Rather, you who can must avail yourselves of a countercurrent take to the haven of safety, put in there, and look for a leader to show you the way to the doors of gnosis, the doors of acquaintance, where there is bright light, pure from darkness, where no one is intoxicated, but all are sober, fixing their eyes on that being who wills to be seen, but mentally with the eye of the soul, for that being cannot be heard or told of or seen by eyes, as in material eyes, only by the mind's eye, the eye of the soul. The Gospel of the Corpus Hermeticum, right there in that single paragraph. An appeal to the masses to take a higher road. Don't follow the masses, but break free of the typical culture and thinking about spiritual paths and religion. Break free of all that. And take to a countercurrent. Sail in a different direction. Find a harbor of safety. Pull in there. And find a spiritual guide that will tell you, will reveal to you, the secrets that lead to the doors of Gnosis, where there is light, bright light, and a revelation of the Supreme Being. Not with physical material eyes, like everyone thinks or assumes or misunderstands the, the place to look in order to find the Divine. They don't find the divine in the outer world, seen with conventional vision, but with the eye of the spirit, the eye of the soul. That's the eye to locate. That's the eye through which one may see 
the kingdom of God within you. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light, it says in the New Testament. And its parallel in the Gospel of Thomas goes like this. For this reason I say, if one is whole, one will be filled with light. But if one is divided, one will be filled with darkness. Saying 61, Gospel of Thomas, a collection of the sayings of Jesus. Becoming a single one, a spiritually whole person united with God, was the goal of the Thomas tradition of Christianity in the Syriac East. When you make the two into one, then you will enter the kingdom. The spirit, mind, and body of the mystic become united in God. Its new way of being is called singleness. The word for single one or singleness in the Syriac Aramaic language is Ihudea and is used to describe souls that enter into a mystical oneness. And here is a description of where that leads to. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. You will enter into this state of consciousness known as singleness. Described here by Joseph the Visionary, my favorite paragraph from a book called The Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life. Translated by Sebastian Brock. Thus, as a result of recollecting these things, the impulses of the mind are extended from the sphere of material things towards those impulses which are limitless, that is to say, wonder or astonishment at the new world and the faculty of vision which belongs to the contemplation of God. For when the vision of the mind is mingled with the light, all its impulses become infinite. For none of the visionaries or Gnostics is able to distinguish the identity of the mind as a result of the vision of that glorious light that is seen. For all the innermost chambers of the heart are filled by that blessed light. Joseph the Visionary, practicing an interesting form of contemplative prayer or meditation in an almost totally unknown tradition of Syriac Christianity described in a book called The Syriac Fathers on Prayer and the Spiritual Life. In that center behind and above the eyes there is an aperture. On this side of it is the material world in which we are now living. On the other side is the astral world, said Huzur Baba Sawan Singh. While gazing into the darkness that one sees with eyes closed, one should mentally repeat the Guru-instructed mantra. One who crosses this layer of darkness through a special kind of meditation sees the inner light within oneself, says Swami Bhagarath Baba. Rumi once said, you have no need to travel anywhere. Journey within yourself. Enter a mine of rubies and bathe in the splendor of your own light.
Back to the Syriac East, John of Dalyatha, a Syriac mystic. Look at God within yourself, how God is light. For his nature is a glorious, many-splendored light. He manifests the light of his nature to those who love him in all the worlds. Swami Vyasanand, in his new Kindle ebook called The Inward Journey of the Soul, says of this meditation practice of the third eye center. When we close our eyes and do not see any objects, this does not mean that there exists nothing that can be seen. In other words, the shapeless darkness is also a kind of object. Unfortunately, we cannot even see pure darkness because we are constantly thinking about the images of the world. And instead of seeing darkness, we see the imaginary sights projected on the screen of the inner mind. Without practicing the meditation of focusing in the darkness, it is not possible to see the subtle light that lies deep within. The experience of divine light in the meditation brings joy and the progress then becomes rapid, says Swami Vyasanand in a section called Moving On to the Higher Stages of Meditation, to be found in his book, The Inward Journey of the Soul. God has placed an invisible secret door in every human being. God sends his own great power, mercy, and love down into our world to find the marked soul drops and bring them back home. When the Supreme Being wants one of his souls to come back home, he makes that person feel lonely deep inside, like something is missing. This is the Supreme Lord's special way of reminding the soul that its real home is not in this world, but back in the ocean of light. A paragraph from a wonderful book called Journey of the Soul. The third eye center, contemplating the inner light. A paragraph from Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj. Dristi Yoga, the yoga of inner light meditation, the yoga of inner seeing, can be explained through the following words. Dristi is the faculty of vision. And yoga means union. Thus, dristi yoga refers to the concentration of the dispersed vision into a focus on a single point. Back to that word single or singleness once again. Dristi yoga refers to the concentration of the dispersed vision into a focus on a single point, which is beheld with the mind's eye or third eye. The practitioner of Dristi Yoga is instructed by the preceptor to bring both beams of vision to a unity by focusing and intense gazing on a single point. Through this practice, the aspirant pierces the realm of darkness within 
and enters the realm of divine light. The aspirant thus moves from the microcosm, or the body, the material realm, to the macrocosm, the divine realm, and from the gross material world to the subtle spiritual realm, where the aspirant is able to perceive the subtle divine sounds as well. With this connection to the subtle sounds, the practitioner of Dristi Yoga or Dristi Sadhana, Inner Light Meditation, is able to proceed further on the path. So one discovers through this kind of singleness of vision, this finding of the third eye, this finding of the light in the darkness by this focused gaze within this opening to divine light and after that an opening to divine sound as Yogani Mataji once said listen to the sound that issues forth from the light that's why in the Tulsi Sahib Satsang there are two initiations not one first into light and then into sound only when one is established in light do they then receive the initiation into inner sound meditation. And they do this because they want spiritual seekers to hear the sound that comes from the light, not from lower or lesser sounds. So they really want people to be experiencers of the inner light, then and only then, to proceed on to the sound. So it's the higher sounds that one gains access to not some lower astral sound, something like that, but something higher, something that comes from above, that will pull the soul above. That's why they do that. That's the old way, the old Santmat way of initiating. Two initiations. Kabir Panth, two initiations. Tulsi Sahib Satsang, two initiations. Darya Sahib Satsang in India, two initiations. It's the old way of doing things two initiations, first into light and then an initiation into sound. Or actually, I should say, the first initiation covers the repetition of sacred names and directions on inner light meditation. And then the second initiation pertains to inner sound or Surat Shabd Yoga meditation. The Sermon on the Light is something I'll delve into after the break. A series of sayings of Jesus about divine light that became the basis of an article I wrote. There are all of these sayings. Uh, in fact, there is in Western mystical texts a kind of light motif. God is light. Walk while you have the light. You know, God is light. You know, find the light. You are children of the light, and so on. I am the light. <laughs> Um, you know, if your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. And there's a lot there. And so I decided to put all of those sayings together. And it became a kind of discourse, a kind of collection of the sayings of Jesus that turned into this discourse on seeing light. So I, I, I wrote this article and had all of these sayings about light, seeing, and the single eye put 
I put all of those together and called it the Sermon on the Light. You have the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I thought Sermon on the Light would be a great title for all of these sayings of Jesus. When you combine them together, they really come to life as if they represent someone's talk 2,000 years ago on finding the inner light. A Sermon on the Light or a spiritual talk about how to find the light within, the kingdom of the heavens within. So after the break... Stay tuned for the Sermon on the Light and more about the Yoga of Light, the third eye center that can behold the divine light. The Yoga of Light today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, an introduction to inner light meditation. Stay tuned. Spiritual Awakening Radio continues, The Yoga of Light, an introduction to inner light meditation on today's edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio. You know, quite often people get locked into a religious tradition, become in bondage to a religious tradition. Sometimes religion gets in the way of spirituality. Sometimes you have to give up your religion in order to follow God. If that makes sense, it does to me, but I suppose to someone who's never heard that before, it sounds kind of strange. You know, give up Christianity in order to follow Christ, or give up religion in order to follow God. In other words, to not be locked in to propaganda that's not true, not accurate, that prevents people from growing spiritually. Like, for instance, meditation is in the Bible. Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. Out-of-body experience, St. Paul in 2 Corinthians describes an out-of-body experience. The whole book of Revelation is an out-of-body experience, too. Is reincarnation merely an Eastern religious teaching? No. It's also taught in Judaism in Kabbalah. Surprise! Judaism, in the form of Kabbalah, or Jewish mysticism, teaches reincarnation. Surprise! Meditation, out-of-body experiences, visions of the heavens, hearing the sound of a trumpet that instructs a soul or draws a soul to come up hither and see the throne of God. That's right in the book of Revelation. So, in other words, there's a lot more to this. Christianity actually has had a, a rich tradition of saints and mystics. Where are they now? Don't know, but they left behind some great writings. Meister Eckhart, Hildegard of Bingen, Rise Broek, you know, the anonymous author of The Cloud of Unknowing, the book of The Poor in Spirit, the Philokalia of Eastern Orthodoxy, Evagrius, Simeon the New Theologian, the Desert Fathers and Mothers of Egypt, the Nag Hammadi Library, the Sayings of Jesus, Gospel of Thomas, 
a lot there. But a lot of these writings, I guess you'd, I guess you'd have to call them orphan writings. They don't have a home in most religious denominations. Francois Fellineau, Madame Guion, Meister Eckhart, they're all hitchhiking on the highway. They don't have a home. Their home is in their hands or in the, in the backpack on their backs. They don't seem to find a home. But you know there are many in India that quote those saints. The Sermon on the Light. Sayings of Jesus also get a lot of respect in India. The Sermon on the Light, the light motif. I begin sharing this unique arrangement of passages on the theme of spiritual light attributed to Jesus found in the New Testament Gospels, the Gospel of Thomas discovered in Egypt, Dialogue of the Savior, the Book of Peace to Sophia, or Faith Wisdom, and other sources. I call it the Sermon on the Light, since it really does read, and when said out loud, sounds like a spiritual discourse on the theme of light spoken long ago in antiquity. The Sermon on the Light. Trust in me, look to the living one, while you are alive, lest you die and seek to see him, and be unable to see. Understand what the great light is. I am the light that is over all things. I am all. From me all came forth, and to me all attained. Split a piece of wood, I am there. Lift up the stone, and you will find me there. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will not be walking in the dark, but will have the light of life. Walk while you have the light, so darkness won't overpower you. Those who walk in the dark don't know where they're going. Since you have the light, believe in the light, so you will become children of the light. I will give you what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no hand has felt, and what has never occurred to the human mind. Who does not know the work of perfection does not know anything. If one does not stand in the darkness, one will not be able to see the light. When you strip without being ashamed, and you take your clothes and put them under your feet like children and trample them, then you will see the Son of the Living One, and you will not be afraid. When you remove ill will from yourselves, then you will clothe yourselves with light and enter the wedding chamber. There is light within a person of light, and it shines on the whole world. If it does not shine, it's dark. If then the light inside you is darkened, what darkness that will be. For this reason I say, if one is whole, one will be filled with light. But if one is divided, one will be filled with darkness. If your eye becomes single, your whole body shall be full of light. When you have gone into the light, preach to all the world and say to them, Do not cease seeking day or night, and do not let yourselves relax until you find the mysteries of the kingdom of light, which will purify you and make you into pure light and lead you into the kingdom of the light. Do not let heaven's kingdom become a desert within you. Do not be proud of the light that enlightens, 
Rather, act towards yourselves as I myself have toward you. In the beyond, if they say to you, Where have you come from? Say to them, We have come from the light, from the place where the light came into being by itself, established itself, and appeared in their image. If they say to you, Is it you? Say, We are its children, and we are the chosen of the living Father. So once again, the children of the light. We are from the light. We are its children. The light motif. There's a strong light motif in the New Testament and the Gospel of Thomas, other Nag Hammadi texts found in Egypt, Dead Sea Scrolls, Kabbalah, Mandaean texts, most all of the mystical writings. It gets metaphored to death here in the Protestant West. But these people had the goal of seeing a literal divine light. And after the break, we will delve into more about the light motif that's part of the Western tradition. And then we'll head further east again to something contemporary, explaining more about how light meditation works. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. Stay tuned. Classical music is provided to this program by Maine-based artist Paul Alexander John, who plays the Indian Bansuri, the Indian bamboo flute. The Yoga of Light, an introduction to inner light meditation today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. Caught up to the third heaven. In his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament wrote to his followers about a mystical or out-of-body experience he had, saying he believed he ascended to the third heaven. He said his experience was so real he didn't know if he was in the body or out of the body. He may have actually coined the term out-of-body experience, since I don't know of anyone else writing using the term out-of-body experience 2,000 years ago. So Paul may be the one to coin that term. St. Paul seems to have known that he had been caught up to the third heaven as opposed to the second or the fourth. In his system, he apparently followed the third heaven was called paradise. The Book of Enoch, a Jewish mystical text very popular back then, also calls the third heaven paradise. Probably not a coincidence. Paul's terminology was evidently based on some form of Jewish mystical understanding about the nature of the heavenly realms. Certain visions, lights, and sounds not lawful to reveal or disclose to the uninitiated public are associated with each of the heavens and serve as markers along the way. In spiritual traditions such as Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, Santmat, Sufism, and Gnosticism, and no doubt others in antiquity, maybe Neoplatonism and Hermetic philosophy, there are passwords, sacred names, sometimes Hebrew names, associated with various heavenly regions. These names are revealed by a living teacher during one's initiation in order to help the soul pass from heaven to heaven 
during inward mystical journeys of ascension. Kirpal Singh once said, Meditation is the process of withdrawing the attention from the outside world and focusing it at the seat of the soul in the body, behind and between the eyebrows. This point is known as the third eye, the inner eye, the single eye. In order to withdraw our attention and focus it on this point, the mind must be controlled and stilled. Sit in one pose and move not your head, limbs, or eyes. Sit straight but relaxed with no tension in the body below. Sit still, please. Close your eyes as in sleep and look sweetly, lovingly, intently into the middle of the darkness lying in front of you. You will see a dark veil. That which sees the dark veil within, without the help of your physical eyes, is the inner eye. You know, we think of it, that was Kirpal saying, we think of the third eye as like in your forehead or between your eyes or just above the two eyes on your forehead. But from the perspective of the person sitting in meditation with eyes closed, what that looks like in reality is the field of darkness lying in front of you with eyes closed. And that which sees the darkness and that which sees the light is the third eye. Sant Dadu Dayal of Rajasthan in a verse of poetry once said, Look within yourself with the inner eye. The whole expanse inside is replete with the refulgence of divine light. Swami Sant Seviji Maharaj, the current of consciousness which is dispersed in the nine gates of the body and the nine senses must be collected at the tenth gate, the sixth chakra, the third eye bindu, the center between the eyebrows. Therein lies the path for our return. As Yogani Mataji once said, consciousness can be released from the mortal frame by attaching itself to the stream of celestial music radiating from the top of the head and beyond. To do this, one first must be initiated by a genuine mystic who has gained access to the higher realms, himself or herself in other words. Keeping the back erect and the mind alert, one continuously repeats God's name as revealed to him by his or her guru. This Simran or mental repetition of a name of God as Mataji termed it, should be done with one's attention centered behind closed eyes. Coupled with this physical stillness and ceaseless repetition of God's name, step one in meditation, the next step is to contemplate the light within. At first, Mataji pointed out, there will only be darkness, but eventually light will appear in the form of either small flashes or small star-like points. In any case, one should focus on the radiance, keeping one's Simran, repeating the name or names of God, intact. Keep on doing that, in other words, and allowing the light to draw the soul within. So one is repeating their sacred name, their sacred word, but at the same time they're gazing within and seeing the light.
The third and most important step, Mataji said, is to listen to the sound that issues forth from the light. This is the internal music which will numb the body and allow the consciousness to leave its ordinary dwelling. By riding this current of light and sound like a fish going upstream, the soul will be able to go back to its original abode. On the journey within, however, the soul must be guided by a true master, so as not to be detained in any of the lower, illusory regions. To not be detained in any of the lower, illusory regions. According to Mataji, what near-death patients experience is only the beginning of a vast sojourn into great universes of light, love, and beauty. My favorite passage from Yogani Mataji, often quoted, found in the book Enchanted Land, edited by David Lane, published by the MSAC Philosophy Group. Dion, or contemplation within, is a technical procedure to hold one's attention at the third eye focus. In the beginning, this may be simply gazing into the darkness or imagining the guru's face, visualizing the form of one's master, but eventually develops into seeing light of various shapes. Out of this light appears the radiant form of one's spiritual master who guides the neophyte on the inner voyage and becomes the central point of dhyan or inner light meditation. That's another passage from the book Enchanted Land. After this break, more spiritual awakening on the yoga of light. Yoga of Light, an introduction to inner light meditation today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. At the end of this segment, listen for my email address if you'd like to receive many of the quotes, the many of the passages that I'm sharing on today's program. And I hope you appreciate, I think uh, many do appreciate about this program, its unique perspective in that I go out of my way to include the Western mystics and scriptures too. I do this, well, because I'm a fan of those saints and mystics and Nag Hammadi Library and sayings of Jesus and Gospel of Thomas and Syriac saints. I'm a fan of all of those. And I think it's just very helpful to point out that, that this tradition of mysticism is very much at home in the Western tradition as well as in India. I do this to help people more easily transition from where they've been to where they want to be. It's very liberating to discover, I think, this whole tradition of Western mystics. And then once you realize that, then it's easier to listen to Kabir, Guru Nanak, or saints of the East that are the same, only alive more recently, or in some cases alive right now. A living spiritual path is easier to appreciate once you realize the tradition of saints and mystics from the Western world that are sort of, as I mentioned earlier, orphan saints, 
homeless saints not so respected these days in Christianity, but are highly respected and often quoted in India. So it all makes sense. Swamiji Maharaj, in his esoteric teachings, or Sarbachan Radhaswami poetry, once said, When your eye turns inwards in the brain, and you see the firmament within, and your spirit leaves the body and rises upwards, you see the Akashic sky in which is located the Sahasdal Kanwal, the thousand petals, of which perform the various functions pertaining to the three worlds. There Swamiji is describing the thousand-petaled lotus, a kind of gateway to the astral plane that also corresponds to the crown chakra at the top of the head. Enchanted Land, quote, Although the wondrous journey out of the body in Surat Shab Yoga Meditation begins in darkness, eventually the meditator glimpses keen points of light, much like stars filling up a black midnight sky. The student is advised to focus his or her attention on the largest and brightest of these stars, which with repeated concentration will burst, revealing a radiance similar to that of a sun. When this light explodes, a brilliance comparable to a full moon will pull one's attention even further within. Out of that light, according to the masters, the resplendent form of one's spiritual teacher will appear. This marks the halfway point in the disciple's ascent, since from here on one's journey one is guided to the upper regions by the radiant form of the master. Hence, it is by comparison an easier progression for the soul than the withdrawal of the mind current from the body. Along with the seeing of light, consisting of different colors and hues, due partly to a particular person's karma, the meditator also hears a variety of different sounds. At first the concentration becomes finer, or as the concentration becomes finer, it will assume a more distinct tone, not dissimilar to that of tinkling bells. Indeed, it is the bell sound which is to be held onto, as it is the melody that will help lead the soul into the first region, known technically in Radhaswami as Sahasdal Kanwal, but also termed in other traditions as the astral plane, Turya Pad, etc. Uh, backing up a couple of sentences, talking about how it's easier once you've reached the radiant form of the master to proceed accompanied into the heavens. Just like in the book of Revelation, there's always an angel or a messenger that accompanies the soul. And quite often in those accounts, book of Enoch, book of Revelation, and other ancient texts is described the very same process. The soul is accompanied by the radiant form and that makes it easier. But it, the more difficult part is getting to that meditation in the first place. It's more difficult to reach the third eye center. That's more difficult. Just like with a space program, it's the tough part is getting to orbit. You know, liftoff is the toughest part. Once you're in space, you're weightless, and it's easier from there. Meditation is described very much in the same way as uh, space travel. Uh, liftoff is the tough part, but if you can make it to orbit, 
then not so hard from that point forward. You know, if you can relax and focus and get to the third eye center, uh, then from there it gets easier. You know, uh, you, you know you've reached the third eye center if you've started to see flickers of light or stars. And many people have. I've talked to many people over the years and done um, introductory uh, uh, talks on meditation practice. And uh, a certain percentage will say that on certain special occasions when they've had deeper meditations, they've seen what appears to be stars during their meditation. And of course, yes, that's part of the the inner landscape that you first see when you reach the third eye center, uh, stars or uh, a light or colors, you know, blue, green, red, orange, or some combination of colors or shimmering light. So it is something that people do and sometimes accidentally fall into during meditation. But what's really useful is to have a living tradition that you're in touch with, that you learn from, that already has this mapped out and can make it easier you know for you instead of having to reinvent the wheel or stumble and accidentally find the inner light at times but lose your way at other times you have a, a, a technique you have a spiritual practice that will immediately take you there well that's all the time I have today I hope you've enjoyed today's program about the yoga of light an introduction to inner light meditation Send me an email if you like at this address, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com or a text message can be sent to this number, 508-603-9381. Once again, 508-603-9381 or send an email to james at spiritualawakeningradio.com if you're seeking more information about inner light meditation, the yoga of the light. Thank you.